0: Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence.
1: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York.
0: The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, rush,
1: Rush.
0: Now, here's Bo Snerdly
2: on the Red Apple
1: Podcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your Wednesday Rush Hour. If you would like to be part of the program here. All you have to do is dial 800 848 W A B C 800 848 92 Later this hour a gentleman that should be up for a Pulitzer prize will be on with us. His name is Todd Bensman. Todd has done amazing reporting, and we have done a bunch of podcasts with him as well as having him on the show on occasion. He is probably one of the most informed people on what is going on at the southern border that there is in this country. He has spent time at the southern border, and he's spent time below the southern border to Mexico's southern border. And he's spoken a lot not only with the immigrants trying to get into the country, but he has exposed so many details of the fraud that is our so called border security. He'll be joining us. Governor Chris Christie, ex Governor Chris Christie's in the news again. Today, in an effort to get attention, Governor Christie said that former President Trump is afraid to take the stage. In Republican primary debates, he told that to Hugh Hewitt that the GOP should hold as many debates as it can and have an open format to allow questions, follow-up questions, and prevent candidates from giving sound, bitey answers that nobody believes will solve any problems. Well, Chris Christie, nobody believes you are going to solve any problems. I mean, maybe there are a few. I would love to see the polling numbers on you as a choice, Mr. Christie, for the Republicans. You claim, and he's making the case, that he is the alternative to Donald Trump and Chris Christie. You know, I once thought Chris Christie was, wow, back then, wow, what a governor, wow. But like everybody else, not everybody else, I'm sure he has some fans, but like so many other people, Chris Christie has disillusioned me long time ago when he was heading Trump's transition team. The reason he got fired supposedly is that he was stacking it up with a bunch of rhinos. And we all saw what happened during first Trump's first term during his tenure as president with the rhino class. So yeah, Chris Christie, I'd love to hear if he has any fans out there. I'd love to hear from him. I'm just answering Todd. Todd is asking, are we still on? Yeah, Todd, we're on. (laughs) He's probably down there in Texas. Um, Jim Jordan is taking a look into the lack of arrest outside Supreme Court justices' homes. You'll remember that liberals did what liberals do. They send their mob, their street mob, to protest in front of justices of the Supreme Court's home, and the Marshal Service didn't try to stop any of this, U.S. Marshal Service. And now Jim Jordan wants to know why. This comes as we have sat through another few weeks of Justice Thomas being smeared yet again by these same old players like Sheldon Whitehouse and Dick Durbin, Durbin. And now, supposedly, the court is having some kind of ethical crisis. And there is no ethical crisis at the Supreme Court. This is all just politics, again, in an effort to de... And in fact, who was it? Oh, it was that would-be comedian, Al Franken, whose election was, how shall we say, dubious at best when he secured a Senate seat but was forced to resign for his behavior with women. Al Franken the other day said that the Supreme Court is illegitimate. There is nothing illegitimate about the Supreme Court of the United States except liberals don't have the majority. And to them, not, be, not having a majority is illegitimate. That means we have to change the rules. You see this in almost everything. If they don't like the way something's going, let's change the rules midstream until they get what they want. Let's smear, let's do a campaign of hate against anybody that stands up for common sense or that stands up for decency. Let's just take them down. And I don't know how many times the American people have to see this play before they realize that we're in probably the thousandth rerun of the same tactics. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the ethics of the Supreme Court. And yet, Democrats are holding hearings. They tried to get the Justice, John Roberts, to come in an effort to try to demean Clarence Thomas and others. Meanwhile, you have people like Chuck Schumer, Chuck U. Schumer, Remember the remarks he made about Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. They have tried to intimidate the court into making decisions that liberals like. You have released the, 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 the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, we're seeing what is hitting them right now. It is Democrats that are hitting them politically. And this is all about this is all about Roe versus Wade. This is all about upcoming the decisions that the court is going to make on affirmative action, about the Chevron decision, and other decisions that the left believes would be detrimental to them holding power. That is where all of this stems from, power, and liberals wanting power. Now, on occasion, there are laws that are passed that I say, wow, look at that, that could be good, but I'm always, always skeptical about the long-term impact of laws, and this next one I'm a little bit skeptical about because I can see a day in changing demographics With the way the demographics change in this country, where this law could be problematic. A Texas bill is advancing that would allow the Secretary of State, who is an appointee of the governor, to overturn the results of an election in the state's largest county and to order a new election. The bill targets Harris County. And you know, Harris County is liberal in Texas, largest county in the state, third largest in the U.S., and includes Houston, population 4.7 million. It would allow the Secretary of State, who is currently a Republican, to order a new election in the county if 2% or more of the polling locations ran out of paper ballots for more than an hour. Now, it applies only to counties with a population over 2.7 million, which makes this law a Harris County law. The Houston Chronicle found that 20 polling locations in in Harris County ran out of paper. Just over half of the affected polling locations were in Republican-leaning areas. So in Republican areas, they run out of, they went out of paper. This is the kind of crap that they pulled. They pulled it in Arizona with the printers. Carrie Lake, who was with us over the weekend on Saturday's show, is still fighting that one. And this law would seek to put an end to that. But I caution you. These are the kind of laws... that sometimes have unintended consequences. I don't know, since it's specifically about the ballots and the way that ballots are handled with ballot paper, whether I should be concerned or not, but I always get a little twitchy little feeling that says, I wonder, I wonder, is this a good idea? In Oklahoma, families and a doctor are... Challenging the state ban on gender-affirming care. Five families. There's a state ban on now what they call gender-affirming care, and I cannot stand, cannot stand that language. Mutilation does not affirm anything but mutilation, and that's what we're talking about here. Mutilation on minors. In Oklahoma a lawsuit has been filed in federal court the families of five transgender minors each of whom is identified in court filings allege that the bill alleges that the bill violates the constitutional rights of Oklahoma adolescents and their parents and will cause severe and irreparable harm that bill we shall see how it goes Anyway, James Golden, a.k.a. Snirly, here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back later in a half hour. Todd Bensman will join us here on WABC. And we'll talk more about Title 42 and what's going on at the border. Keep it right here. 848-WABC is the number eight four eight nine two two two. Coming back. Wait, 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 Bo, did you forget something? Oh, I forgot something. <laughs> Stop the music. Garin Jean-Pierre was asked a question today in the press conference about Joe Biden's granddaughter, the seventh grandchild. Hunter Biden was in court. they They drug him into court yesterday in Arkansas. He wants to stop paying as much child support to the child that is acknowledged now through DNA to be his child. They were asked that at the White House this morning. Karine Jean-Pierre took a question about it. Let us listen in to how the question, and you'll have to listen really quick for the answer, because it's quick. Listen to what this sounded like. Hit it.
0: Thanks, Craig about the trial going on in Arkansas with Hunter Biden and the child support. Are the president and first lady monitoring that? And how come they haven't acknowledged the seventh grandchild? I'm not going to speak to that from here.
1: How come they haven't acknowledged the seventh grandchild? I'm not going to speak to that from here. I'm not going to answer your question. There's no reason. I'm just not going to answer your question. That's what you get from the White House press corps these days. Okay, it's James Brown's heavenly birthday. James Brown, America's Godfather of Soul. We're coming back on WABC. James Golden Bull's Rush Hour. Back in a moment.
0: The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple
1: Podcast Network. Another birthday, you know, oh, a the voice, December, Frankie Valley. I, I know so many of you in this audience, like me, had our ears to the transistor radios. I mean, picture yourself in this summer. Waiting for that Four Seasons record, waiting for Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons to come up, whether it was Walk Like a Man, Talk Like a Man, this one, Sherry Baby, Happy Birthday to Frankie Valley. There is a story, you know, you hear me talk from time to time, and it's a lot of times, sadly, about the pure criminal evil that is let out of jail across this country because these Soros prosecutors, these Soros-funded prosecutors, are destroying what we know of of law and order. I want you to keep that in mind as you listen to this. A violent career criminal who was on the streets and not in jail because she was assigned, she was assigned, to a mental health treatment regime instead of prison time, is now accused of killing an innocent Los Angeles father. Jade Simone Brookfield, 23, arrested in April, charged with murder after she allegedly fatally stabbed 40-year-old Dennis Banner during an argument on the street. Law enforcement sources tell, Fox News, that would be Fox Digital. Ooh, the ratings are in on Fox News. Scott, have you seen the ratings? I haven't
0: seen an updated number now.
1: Oh, buddy. What, what is it? Here, you report it. <laughs> you report, they'll decide. Okay. So, um, anyway, law enforcement told Fox Digital that Brookfield had a lengthy criminal history for alleged assault, assault with a deadly weapon, multiple violent felonies with knives. But she had inexplicably avoided incarceration. And instead, this is this prosecutor, Gasson. They just give her mental health diversions. This woman had a violent history using knives. They let her out. She killed an innocent man. This is another heartbreaking case, prime example of what happens. And so what does Gasson's office say to the families of the innocent person that was killed by this killer that they let out of jail time and time again? We appreciate the public concern when someone is participating in a mental health program and allegedly commits a serious crime. That's what his office says. We appreciate the public concern. Our prosecutors make the best decisions they can in light of all the available information. Our heart goes out to all the victims in this matter, and we stand ready to support them on their journey to healing. The victim who was murdered is not going to heal, he is dead. His family will not heal. They are forever impacted by this stupid decision by Gasson's prosecutors who let convicted or suspected violent offenders back on the streets so that they can commit other crimes. And in this case, it's a murder. And so now they tell us they appreciate your public concern. These people don't care about you. They don't care about your families. They care about nothing but their own progressive power and their ideology. And I don't know how many people have to die, have to die senseless deaths because these people will not enforce the law. These families ought to, there should be some mechanism for justice against these corrupt and venal prosecutors. There should be some measure of accountability that these so-called public servants have when they allow these criminals to roam the streets, whether it's New York, whether it's L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit, wherever these prosecutors are letting these violent people, these evil people, back on the streets to commit murder, rape, to pillage, there should be some mechanism Where the people whose lives are affected by these heinous decisions can get some measure of justice against these ideological clowns posing as prosecutors. What is happening in America is shameful with this. This is beyond shameful. There is no other reasonable country in the Western Hemisphere that would allow this to take place. And yet this is becoming commonplace In the United States of America, they have turned this nation into worse than a third world banana republic. They have turned it into a lawless banana republic. And they should pay the price. But there is no price. Scott, those numbers.
0: Yeah, so MSNBC tops Fox in primetime ratings in the week after Tucker Carlson's exits. On Monday, MSNBC scored a primetime win over – this, by the way, this article is terribly written. I won't even give the source because it's so bad. Uh, In both the key age demographic and in total viewers, one week after the period – okay. I'm assuming the firing of Tucker Carlson? Yes. Okay. (laughs) The network beat out its competitors with an average of 1.693 million viewers and 176,000 In the critical 25 to 54 age demographic, Fox brought in 1.598 million viewers between 8 and 11. The real, yeah, somebody is in a distant third, I'm assuming it's CNN, but again, the article doesn't say, 481,000. But the real news here, the surprising thing to me, is that Rachel Maddow beat Sean Hannity. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, she had 2.2 million. It doesn't say what Hannity has, but it does say that Hannity was less than that. Uh, The the five is still doing well, and Jesse Waters is still doing well. But it sounds like without the uh, lead-in, Hannity is getting beaten by MSNBC.
1: PMSNBC. This is just astounding. Wow, how to wreck your, How to wreck your lineup? Did Fox think that would happen? That's the question. Do they care that it's happening? Do they care
0: that it's happening? That's I the know. other question. Well, that is yeah, that's a great question.
1: Yep, WABC Talk Radio seventy seven, Boston, early rush hour. James Golden, A.K. Stoner, your calls are coming up. Todd Bensman is coming up. You know who else has a birthday today? Christopher Cross. This album I will always remember. What won four Grammys. The year that it was released. He had so many hits on this. And what a great songwriter. What a great vocalist. Chris Cross. Chris Cross, that's Jump. Well, Christopher Cross, okay? (laughs) Warm it up, Chris. Yeah, this was the album that had what? Never Be The Same. It had, yeah. My favorite one from this album
0: is actually The Light Is On, if you remember that one.
1: The Light Is On, beautiful song. I,
0: think, and of I course, think that one's right after this track, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. And Ride Like the Wind was on this album, too. But what a song. Sailing Takes Us Away. And speaking of Never Never Land, time for some traffic, time for some news on WABC. James Golden Snurley coming back with you for both Snurley's Rush Hour. Don't go away.
0: This is The Rush Hour with those nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Chicago brings us back on WABC. On the phone line with us, And you heard me reference this at the top of the show, if you were with us, a man who I believe should be up for a Pulitzer Prize because of his reporting. His reporting has been stellar going back for the two years that I've known him, Todd Bensman, Center for Immigration Studies, and his articles are all over the news media. You can find his articles in so many different publications. He is An authority on what's going on at the southern border Todd thank you for being with us this afternoon thanks for having me and for that kind intro you have an article today about what's going on with border trucks in Texas what's the scoop
2: well the border is very quickly devolving into chaos again uh, just ahead of, we're about nine days ahead of the end of Title 42, big policy change coming. Uh, lots of uh, people expected to come over. And the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has reinstituted something from last year that he was doing, which is to put enhanced safety truck inspections in place at the bridge between Matamoros and Brownsville, which is basically the same thing as just shutting down commerce. Uh, between that part of Mexico and the United States. It's a huge bridge with you know, lots and lots of trucks coming across. You put three safety inspectors down there, have them do 100% inspections on every single truck, and pretty soon there's no traffic moving over there. There's no commerce. And the uh, governor did that last year as a way to economically leverage the Mexicans on the other side to clean up the illegal immigration on their side, to stop the flow, to enforce against it, which they have not been doing. Uh, Matamoros to Brownsville, thousands of Venezuelans being allowed to cross there, uh, just really uh, causing a lot of uh, chaos down there. It's also happening right now in Juarez uh, and El Paso. Uh, you look at, you can see video of El Paso. The streets are just filled with wandering thousands of Immigrants who never got processed, just kind of wondering what to do, sleeping, camping on the streets again. Uh, so the uh, governor's not having any of it, and he's basically telling the Mexicans, hey, us shut down your commerce if you don't take care of business on your side. Well, we'll see what happens. They started that yesterday down there at one bridge.
1: Also yesterday, the White House press secretary, who I happen to think is one of the worst press secretaries I've ever seen, this Gareng Jean Pierre. Uh, yesterday, she made a statement that was even hard to believe for some of the uh, ideological allies of the Biden administration. She said that illegal immigration was down 90 percent, was down 90 percent. Today, Peter Ducey asked her about that. Todd, I want you to listen to the exchange that she had with Peter Ducey about this claim that she made that illegal immigration was down 90%. Go ahead, Diego, let it flow.
0: Yesterday, that when it comes to illegal migration, You've seen it come down by more than ninety percent. Where did that number come from? It because was, I was speaking, is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to answer. i people more to this fiscal year so if far. If you, if you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. I, you know, um, it, it, if the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about? Okay, I'm. Go- I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than 90 percent. That was what I was speaking to. to no, I'm really we're, we're going right. to go. We're going to move. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. go ahead, We're moving
1: here. Let's go. Three. So she refused to take a follow up question. She insults him, accuses him of being some kind of a drama mama, I guess, for asking the question and then gives some answer about some parolee. Todd, what did you, what is she talking about, Todd? Okay, let me explain this whole thing. So the parolee program that
2: he's talking about was put in place in January. Is basically telling Venezuelans, Haitians, Cubans, and Nicaraguans not to cross illegally anymore, but to wait in mexico and apply on an online app like a restaurant reservation system for a humanitarian permit and then when you get that you can cross through a port of entry not illegally Uh, you're still inadmissible in the country but we're admitting you anyway in this other way so what she's talking about is that the that for some of these nationalities the numbers coming through illegally are down by, you know, 80% or 70%. I think she said 90. i never heard that one. But what she's not telling you is that the numbers coming through the bridges are 70, 80, 90% higher. So the, the total – she's giving you half the story, showing you half the nickel, but not telling you what's on the other side of the nickel uh, for the complete story. And it's just a, an accounting trick. And ultimately – That accounting trick, especially if you leave off the other half of it, is
1: dishonest. What is happening at this? What can Americans expect to happen when Title 42 and Todd, you have been telling Americans that this is coming for the better part of this year? What happens when Title 42 goes away? So
2: remember uh, this parole program because it's important. Uh, what's happening right now is that the, the people who are in, the, in line for that poll program have backed up so far that the wait is two, three months to get your permit. And people in that line, I just came back from uh, Juarez and Reynosa. And people in those lines aren't having it anymore. They're abandoning it, peeling off the line, and just heading over the border by the thousands right now. Uh, The use of Title 42 – the administration was using Title 42 to beat them back, but they just gave up and said, all right, we're letting you in anyway. And so therefore, we are already seeing this flood in Juarez and in uh, Brownsville, Texas – Uh, And also to a certain extent in Tijuana over into San Diego, that area over there, uh, because people are just not waiting and the administration is letting them in. That's all the immigrants want to know is, are we getting in? Are our friends, family getting in? And if they're getting in, we're coming too. And so the whole parole program that she's talking about has collapsed. It is collapsing as we see it. And when Title 42 goes away, I expect that it will be total collapse. Anybody else who's waiting for this parole program over there should find the easier route and the quicker route would be to just come over. And uh, the administration has put in place lots of infrastructure, uh, you know, brand new soft sided facilities, and they're surging manpower and airplanes and buses and everything that they can get down there to uh, facilitate what they expect to be this flood into the country. By the way, not to stop it. uh, They're not sending 1,500 or 15,000 troops down there to stop it. It's only to facilitate it in. Uh, So on May 12th, it will be over. That's the day to watch. Uh, We are already at capacity. Every facility that they built down there is already filled up and they're having to do safe street releases. I put that in air quotes, safe street releases. When you see the video of El Paso with all the immigrants sleeping all over the place, uh, wandering all around the city aimlessly, that's because the facilities are already all filled up 10 days before 42 ends. So you can imagine what is coming. It's gonna be chaos. I predict mass chaos, all along the border and for a really long time because the policies let them in. That's it. The policies let them in.
1: Now, Todd, a final thing, you have written a book on this, Your and my, you have been a true journalist covering what has gone on the border for the last few years, not only our southern border, but the southern border of Mexico. Tell people quickly your book, how they can get it, the title, where they can get it.
2: The book is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History, and it most certainly is by every metric. In fact, I would argue if I had to change the subtitle, it would be the greatest mass migration in world history. It is absolutely massive, 5 uh, 5 million people already in the country and two more years to go. Uh, That is available anywhere books are sold, Amazon. Uh, at your local bookstore. You should be, find it in bookstores. And it is the definitive history of what happened, how the administration did this, who did it, why, and how to get out of it.
1: Todd Bensman, Center for Immigration org. Todd Bensman, thank you so much, and we're looking forward. I've asked you if you can come back next week and come back as this situation unfolds. So we hope to hear from you again next week and in the following weeks to keep us on track of what is happening and sadly not happening at our nation's borders. Thank you, Todd. Thank
2: you. Yeah, I will be down there in uh, Mexico next week. So,
1: Thank you so much. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdley, WABC, coming back. Your call's coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour
0: with Bo Snirly. Rush On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: He is one of my favorite artists, Robert Palmer, who left us too early. In 1986, Addicted to Love hit number five in the UK charts. I didn't know this, but originally he had recorded this song with Chaka Khan. But they had to take her out the, off of the track because of some kind of uh, some kind of contractual issue. Somewhere there must exist a recording of this song with Chaka. Would love to hear that. Now, also in 1986, same day. Tony Bennett released The Art of Excellence. It was the first album in the United States to be initially released as a CD instead of on a vinyl. And can you believe CDs have now come and gone in such a short space and time? Also, we can't give give enough space to all the things that happened in music history, but I want to mention two more. Pete Seeger is having a birthday. Well, had a birthday today. Today's his birthday, and I just loved Pete Seeger. His movement. Pete Seeger was part of so much with what is right about the American folk scene, and he's just an icon. Also. Before my time and before your time, well, he was still around during my time, but I didn't understand when I was a kid how big he truly was. In 1903, Bing Crosby, who recorded, do you believe this? Bing Crosby is said to have recorded 2,600 songs in his lifetime. 317 hit records. Bing Crosby. And I I guess that we call him a crooner, but wow, what a force in American music history. All right, let's get to the telephones, shall we? Let's start with Mark in Pennsylvania. Thank you for waiting. Mark, what's on your mind this afternoon?
2: How you doing, Bo? Thanks for taking my call. Question, in the event that Biden's son is indicted and convicted, do you think his father would pardon him if he's still president?
1: You know that's an interesting question. I have no idea. I would think that he would, frankly, because they're brazen. They've been so brazen, but I still have doubts as to whether he'll get indicted. The stuff and there's a, and and maybe the reason that Mark is asking this question. I don't know, folks. There's a story today that ran out of the Washington uh, Post that we should find a decision on Hunter Biden in a relatively short pace, space of time. That prosecutors are narrowing down the decision whether they're going to prosecute him on the tax issue and on him on the gun issue, that he had applied for a gun even though he was an admitted uh, drug user, this being the crack addict. So I don't know, and I'm not putting much faith in that he'll get indicted given our two-tier justice system. It would surprise me. not ruling it out, but it would surprise me. Thank you so much for the call, Mark. Bobby in Suffolk. You're up next. How are you in Suffolk County? Hi, James. Hi, Bobby. Uh, two
2: things. Was the guy who showed up at Kavanaugh's house with a gun and a knife arrested?
1: That I, At the time, that person was taken into custody. If memory serves me right, I'd have to go back to be 100% sure. But I don't know whether any charges were ever pressed, and that i got to look at and we don't, and, and so Jim Jordan today is saying he's going to investigate why there was no real accountability with all these these Democrat left wing progressive mobs showing up at Justice Kavanaugh's house as well as others. Where was the U.S. Marshal Service? Why did they let this happen? Well, that's being investigated now. As to that individual case, I believe he was taken at the time, but I don't know the disposition of the case. Thank you, Bobby, for bringing that up jason oklahoma city how are you jason
2: yes hi uh i want to make a comment and ask a question my comment is my i i came up with this real real common sense idea we're going to make us american citizens me you and the good republicans we're going to make biden president biden uh an offer he can't refuse. This is the offer. He has to resign his position and also his vice president, Harris, has to resign. Give over the uh, the uh, presidency to Donald Trump, which he should be there and deserves it back because of what we all know now and what is happening in our country
1: and our enemies are knocking on our door we have no time to waste jason i love you hey pay attention please bring them down um jason time's running out i love you but it's not going to happen it's fantasy land i don't deal in fantasy it's not going to happen no one is going to willingly give up the kind of power They're just not. That's not the way it works. You have to get them out of office through elections, hopefully fair and free elections, or else you have to impeach them, and impeachment is off the table. That's it for today. I have a story I wanted to tell you, but I'm going to wait until tomorrow when I have a little more information. I've had a heck of a day around here. Anyway, may God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your family and loved ones. Love and gratitude for you being here. And God willing, we'll be back tomorrow, 4 o'clock, for Boston Early's Rush Hour. Thank you so much. Bye.